You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome, in everyone, to the Bonefire Podcast. Uh, we, we'd like to to welcome you here, and and, and glad that you have joined us today uh, for um, again the Bonefire Podcast. If you are new to our podcast, uh, we want to uh, say thank you for taking the time to to listen. And if you're a returning uh, listener, we definitely want to show our appreciation to you and say thank you for uh, subscribing and, and staying around and, and listening to more. Um, we we appreciate all of that. Um, I just have a, a quick update that I want to give uh, all of our listeners. Um, it's been a while since we talked about how you can connect with us. And um, at this point, we do have our email up and running. That's bonefireministries um, at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page uh, that we have uh, stood up, and you'll find that at Bonefire Ministries on, on Facebook. So if you search that, you should find the page there. We encourage you to uh, like and follow that page. Um, that page is intended to be kind of a, a community for us, uh, for all the Bonefire listeners. Uh, you will be able to find um, some updates about uh, what's being released in, in episodes. You'll be able to find the episodes themselves. We, we load those directly to uh, the Facebook page. Um, and then uh, our, our goal is to, uh, we're going to do a couple of uh, contests and some giveaways there uh, for our Bonefire listeners. Again, just to show appreciation for you guys showing your support to us. Um, but it's really important that you uh, try to spread the word of, of Bonefire. You know, we are a very uh, small operation. Um, it's, it's my dad and myself sitting here in the upstate of South Carolina. And, um, you know, industry insiders would tell us that uh, two guys just talking about Jesus is not going to make it as a, a podcast, as a st- sustainable model, uh, because we don't have, uh, you know, notoriety as a, as a famous people, or, and we definitely don't have the backing of a national brand. And so uh, we're really counting on our listeners uh, to listen and enjoy and really want to share that with people around them. So I can't extra- stress that enough that we really need you to, to spread the word out about Bonfire, if you like it. If you don't, then you don't have to tell anyone about it. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you do like what you're you're seeing there, please give us some some likes and some follows, uh, and so other people can know about the podcast. Well, Dad, uh, today is uh, Father's Day. Uh, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Um, and uh, happy Father's Day to all of our our listeners. Now, the way our uh, recording and release schedule works, we're, we're recording this actually on Father's Day, uh, but it actually won't release until I think it'll be about two weeks later uh, when this releases. And and today we are going to be talking about the the topic of father and fatherhood mm-hmm. and um you know, it'll be a little bit late, but it's never too late to talk about the principles of what it means to be a Christian father. That's right. Um, and so uh, we encourage people just to to listen, uh, listen in. And for any of our uh, lady listeners, as I like to call them, or female listeners, uh, please don't think this podcast is not for you. Uh, I think there'll definitely be some stuff in this podcast that you will find beneficial. It's not intended uh, just to be uh, for our male, male listeners uh, today. So we, we just wish you to stay in. Uh, if you got your Bible, you want to grab it and uh, sit down with us, and, and we're going to study God's Word uh, together. You know, Dad, when I think about uh, Father's Day, you know, I'm blessed. I've got you as a father. Well, and you've I appreciate been, it. You know, yeah. a great father, great role model uh, to me. And when I think about um, my life, you know, there's so many things I can speak to that, that says, you know, you were just a great role model. Again, I, I have a pastor as a father, so obviously, you know, I was immersed in, in church and I was immersed in, in the things of God from a very early age, so I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I watched your ministry. Um, I watched the good times and the bad times. I think probably one of the, the 
most important things that I've seen from this is that, you know, the ability to persevere and, and to keep going, even when times are hard and, and yeah. when uh, things are not going in your favor, your mm-hmm. direction. And uh, maybe when people aren't your, your biggest fans, uh, you know, yeah. I've seen you live through, through those things. And I, and I, I saw that and I took notice of it and I, and I moved forward and, and I'm hoping that I can I learn from that as well. You know, in recent years, the thing that I have gained the most from you is I see that you you put a real focus on prayer. Um, and, and that's even been, you know, immediately here in the last few years uh, that you've been really focusing on prayer. And, and a lot of times our conversation uh, when we talk uh, is about prayer. It's about mm-hmm. what you prayed about or um, it's you, know, you encouraging me to pray about something that's going on in my life. And, um, you know, there's always that that statement that you say that you pray for me. You, you know what it is that you tell me you pray that I would be gentle as what? Wise as a serpent, gentle as a lamb. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. exactly. So, um, he, you know, he tells me uh, that that all, all the time, and and so that's something that I, that I greatly appreciate. And you, you mentioned it; you probably don't think anything about it, but it does mean a lot to me when you when you say those things. Um, and so those are just some things that that stick out to me about you as a father. Again, uh, fantastic father, and I've been very lucky and, and blessed to have you. And I know, um, you know, my grandfather, your father, yeah, uh, he was a great guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, gone on to uh, be with the Lord now. Uh, I think we were saying it has been nine years ago. That's right. right when he passed away. Um, what are some memories you have of, of my grandfather, your father? Your granddad's just a wonderful man. And uh, he, he's just a pure soul. I don't think I ever saw my dad really get angry all of my life. He just had an even temper and... He was a witness for Jesus, too. He did it his own way. My dad was a barber, as you know. He was a barber for like 62 years of his life. And he had a barbershop out in the country. And it just so happened that his barbershop was in sight of his church. And you could see his church from the front windows of the barbershop. And as a matter of fact, his Sunday school class, where he studied the Bible in a small group of men, Uh, the window of that class, he could see the window of that class from the window of his barbershop. And my dad, oftentimes, he talked to people about Jesus, but especially when he just had one person in the barbershop, you know, he had a captive audience, so to speak. You know, they're in the chair, he's got clippers in the hand, scissors, you know, a razor. So they're sitting there and they're listening to dad talk to him about Jesus and about church. And when the guy would get up and pay and get ready to go out the door, my dad would walk to the door uh, with a customer because just one person in the barbershop at that time. And he would say, hey, you see the church up there? You see that window right there? Well, that's where I meet for Sunday school in my men's class. And I want you to come to my men's class and and enjoy Sunday school with me. Would you come? And so I've heard him say that many a time to people. He used to have a tag in his display case in his barbershop where he sold tonics and shaving cream and etc. And it was a picture of the little tag had a hearse on it and with the casket in the back of the hearse. And the encaption was, don't wait for this to bring you to church. And so if you're sitting in the barber chair and you're looking straight ahead, you were seeing that car tag in that display case. And that was a witness to you right there. You know, just that uh, you need to think about your soul and think about eternity. And I, and I, I think about how my dad uh, supported me. When God uh, called me into the ministry, He encouraged me uh, to do that. He encouraged me. Uh, he He sacrificed to uh, put me through college and through seminary, and just the best dad. I, I just, you know, I wore a tie today that had a uh, a barber 
on the tie, and that was a tie I gave him years ago, and after he passed away, I got it back, and I wear it every Father's Day to remember him. Yeah, that's a... A great story, and um, you know, I was uh, lucky enough that I got to to know who I call Paul Paul, yeah, uh, for for many years, and and I can think of uh, you know just the same same memories as, as you do, and you know, probably the one that sticks out to me the most is you know every time I would see him, he would tell me, you know, don't forget who who you represent, yeah, uh, and he was meaning you know you're a Parker, and so you're representing the Parker name, but you know I think he also meant you know you're a Christian, you know, right. and, and you're representing uh, God uh, when you're out and about, and so don't That's forget right. who you belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, is basically what he would tell me, and so uh, just just a great guy, a wonderful father, um, and we're we're blessed to to have him, just as I'm, I'm blessed to have you. And you know, for our, our listeners today, I wanted to to take a little bit of time, and as we talk about and recognize fathers today, to talk about what it means to be a godly father. And you know, I was just doing some quick searching as I was preparing for what we're going to be talking about today, and I believe you could probably fill up this entire house uh, with books uh, about parenting and fathers sure. and fatherhoods, you know, and there's, there's just book after book after book. Um, but if you look at it from a genre standpoint, there are much uh, fewer titles that talk about what it means to be a godly father. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. And, and uh, mm-hmm. so many of the resources out there are slanted to a worldview and, and have a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just uh, we'll call them non-religious platitudes to them. Um, and uh, the same can be said. There's you know plenty of books out there that try to have a, a religious slant to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we really dive into being a Christian father, it, there's, um, you know, just several things that, that really stand out about dads who are Christians and how mm-hmm. they can be a, a Christian father. When you hear the term Christian father, uh, what, what's the kind of the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about what a Christian father is? Well, definitely I think about my dad. But uh, even more than that, a Christian father is someone, number one, that's a Christian, someone that has a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He serves God. He loves God. And God has made a difference in his life and changed his heart. You know, in and of our own self, we're not all that good. God's the only one that can come in us and change our heart and make a new creature out of us. So a, a Christian dad is someone that's a new creature in Christ. Uh, he's he's going to be different than someone that does not know God. Now, uh, dads that don't know God, there's been plenty of examples of them I know out in the, out in the world today that are good to their children, but uh, they don't have that concern about their child's spiritual wel- welfare and soul. Now, a Christian father is someone that that not only serves God, but he serves God and has a relationship with God. He prays, he studies the Bible, God has changed him, and he is working with his children to be of help to guide them to God because that's his main concern that uh, he and his children will be in heaven together one day. And so he has a focus on the spiritual aspect in his children's life. A Christian father is someone, obviously, that is good to his children, that does all the things that a father's supposed to do, that, that trains his children right. But he also trains his children up in the ways of God, not just in uh, how to keep a bank account and how to, you know, hit a ball or anything like that. Of course, Christian fathers do that too. But the Christian father has a a mission to help his children to know God and have a relationship with Him. Because when you come to the end of life, the only thing that's going to matter is your relationship with God. 
Yeah, that, that is very true. And, you know, one of the, the things that you talked about there is, um, you know, pointing your, your children to, to Jesus and, and talking to them about faith and, and making sure that they understand uh, the, the things of God. And, and for me, um, for those of you listening who don't know me, I'm a father as well, mm-hmm. uh, father of, of one daughter, um, Emma. And uh, Emma's uh, eight years old and be nine in November. And um, so I'm still uh, learning what it means to be a good father. I still something I've got to work at. I find that being a, a father is something that you just don't, you're not born knowing how to be one. Uh, That's it's right. something that you have to work at. And so, you know, if there's fathers that are listening that are discouraged about where they are as a father, um, it's okay. You know, not, not everyone's going to be right. um you know, uh, the father from leave it, the beaver, uh, yeah. you know, um, so it's, it's not, not going to be the case. And so for me, that's the area that I've, I've been trying to focus on most in is how can I point, uh, my child, um, uh, to, to God. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, how can I point my wife to God? I feel like that's my main role as, uh, as a husband and a father, is is making sure that I get them directionally pointed in the right way that they're moving toward, uh, they're moving toward the things of God. And mm-hmm. you know, if I were to draw my my last breath right now, and I had to stand before God and give an account to what I've done in, in terms of a family man, mm-hmm. I don't think that I could say anything better than I focused on trying to point them uh, to Jesus. Right. I, I just don't think that there's any anything better that could be said there. And so, you know, there's a verse that that uh, is in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Uh, that um, I love, and it, it sticks out to me so much. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6, a very a f- famous verse. Um, and I'm reading in uh, verse 5 here. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And that's the one that everyone knows. That, that gets right. bumper stickers and everything else made of it. But it continues on into verse 6, and it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your forehand, and they shall be as frontlets on both your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that verse stands out to me, and, and it says that as a, a godly father or as a Christian father, I need to be focused in on the things of God. I need to be uh, working to pursue my relationship uh, with God. And and then I need to, as it says here, I need to teach, I need to, to relay that uh, to uh, my, my child and to my family. Mm-hmm. And it's not just something that you do on Sunday morning. You know, That's right. me putting the family in the car and driving them to church and dropping them off for Sunday school or, or taking them into the sanctuary or even bringing them for the kids' activity, mm-hmm. that's not what this verse is saying. No. It, it, it doesn't say that's enough, right? It does. It say basically that's says that we have to continually and spend every moment that we can trying to make biblical applications of the world around our children and our family so that they will be appropriately pointed in the right direction of Christ. And and for me, that's something that I think for the first um, several years of being a, a parent, um, I didn't do a great job of. I'm self-admitted, uh, just did a, a terrible job. I, I attended church and we, we came, but there was... Um, you know, there there wasn't a focus like this where it basically says, you know, you should be walking, talking, uh, sleeping, uh, standing, 
every time you get an opportunity to talk about uh, the things of God, you should be doing right. that. And so I really put a focus on that. And yeah, there's a story that I, that I told in our men's ministry group, and I know we've, we've brought that men's ministry up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this story, it just it speaks to where I am as a as a father, or where I was as a father. And and so um, you know, I was riding around in in a, in a new vehicle, and the new vehicle uh, had a online subscription to uh, one of the uh, satellite radios. And mm-hmm. um, as as I got that new radio subscription, I'd surf the channels, and and I had landed on. Um, you know, uh, a old country music station. And uh, I'm not really a country music fan, but um, the more I listened to it, I was like, I kind of like this. This yeah. was, you know, when I say old country music, this is country mu- music from, uh, you know, 40, uh, 30 to 40 years ago mm-hmm. uh, type country music. And and so I got in the habit of just, you know, I listened to this music and my daughter got into the habit of when we get in the, the truck uh, and we're going somewhere, you know, da- daddy's got that radio station on. And and I'll never forget, uh, Emma was about six years old and, and we were driving around and a song came on. And uh, out of the backseat of, of the car, out of my six-year-old, came loud and proud uh, the lyrics uh, of a country song that uh, promoted uh, drinking and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, I'll use a, not to be punny, but a, a sobering moment mm-hmm. for me as a dad to say, my goodness, that that's coming out of my six-year-old's mouth. And um, it really, uh, the, I say the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, is this what you want to be your legacy? Is this what you want to uh, to leave behind? You know, if you were to draw your last breath today, and it mm-hmm. almost felt like I had like an out of body experience, and mm-hmm. and I could see, you know, I was uh, at, at my funeral, and and I heard someone say, uh, "Hey Emma, what do you remember most about about your dad?" And she said, "Oh, we rode around in the truck and listened to old country music," and and I just it tore me inside because yeah. I'm thinking that's the memory that she has of me. Not that uh, my dad read the Bible to me every day and, and not my dad taught me how to pray or my dad was always uh, being Christ-like. That's mm-hmm. not what she said. That's that's She said we listen to the, these songs. And so, you know, that kind of cut me to the quick. And I came back to this verse and said, okay, I got to make a priority that every opportunity I get, I'm going to spend it. Uh, teaching uh, and talking and, and pointing directionally uh, to the things of God. Right. And um, so that, that radio station and that that whole subscription went by the wayside. <laughs> and uh, we replaced that, of course, with uh, with Christian music. And, and uh, w- you know, we, we try to spend as much time as we possibly can focused on the things of God. And and for me, that, that has been, um, you know, in terms of being a, a, a godly father, my biggest area of growth recently in the last couple of years. And, you know, there's, there's other pieces of being a, a godly father that we can talk about. You know, we're supposed to, as godly fathers, we're supposed to provide for our families. Right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're supposed to be uh, the ones that, that uh, have the provision for the family. And I think it's uh, somewhere in like uh, First Timothy, you know, it says the, the man who doesn't provide for, for his family is, is a worse than an unbeliever. Right. You know, so that's definitely something that we need to do. And sometimes I think people focus in on, on that as like the only thing fathers are meant for is they're just mm-hmm. supposed to be, uh, you know, these financial providers. But obviously there's uh, there's more to it than that. The other thing that that I think a Christian father does uh, or should do is, is be a guardian. Um, again, a guardian uh, for physical protection and safety, mm-hmm. um, but also that guardian, I think, goes beyond that, you know, protecting your family's heart, mm-hmm. uh, protecting your child's heart and their mind and keeping them safe, um, right. you know, particularly in these multiple, formable years mm-hmm. of life and, and getting them set in the right direction so that they know the things of God and, and hopefully will pursue that. 
That's right. I know when you were a child growing up, I was I was very careful about who you know you spent time with or the most of your time with as young people because I wanted you to be influenced by good people. You know, um, uh, people bad company corrupts good morals. You know that scripture verse, and that is so so true. And so you kind of as a father, if you're going to protect them, you even watch out about who their friends are, and you kind of direct them. Uh, the Israelites, you know, God wanted them to be separate, you know, from the people around there. And so he wanted them to live a separate and holy life. He even forbade them to uh, marry in with the ungodly neighbors that lived around them. You know, he wanted them to live for him and be holy. So fathers have got to do that. You know, one thing I think about, Matt, we, we teach our children but I heard it said one time, and I, I think there's some truth to this, that uh, lessons are better caught than taught. Mm. You know, uh, we can teach something, but if we don't back up what we say by the way we live our life, then uh, our kids are not going to take us serious. And so we, we've got to demonstrate, we've got to live the Christ-like life in front of them. We've got to model integrity. We've got to uh, show them how to live the a godly life. In other words, the training ground for a marriage is when a, a boy and a girl are little and they see how their mom and dad loves one another and interacts with one another. That's a training ground for uh, them to be future parents themselves. We've always got to be aware that uh, they're watching and that they're listening and we want to set the best example possible for them because, you know, uh, more is it's better caught than taught a lot of times lessons in life. Yeah, so the so the old saying I think is um you know do what I say not what I do. You're oh, saying yeah. that that doesn't work, right? That doesn't work. That doesn't no. work. So no. we, we need to be living out what we're teaching and saying um and again it, it's better for you to to model it through your own behavior uh versus the, you know just trying to tell them this is the way that it's supposed to be. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, you know part of of uh, raising children up is disciplining them too. Now, you know, sometimes we have to correct them when they do wrong. And, uh, you know, and the correction sometimes could be in a little spanking, you know, or, you know, the Bible says that we're not to uh, spare the rod, spare the rod to spoil the child. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there that just go ridiculous with that verse. And they're thinking it's saying, well, use a two by four. That's crazy. It's talking about a switch. And I remember a lot of times when I was a little boy, if I'd been a little mischievous, my mom said, all right, now go out there and bring me a switch. And it, and uh, I would get the little wimpiest little thing I could find, and I'd bring it to her. And she said, no, you know better than that. Go get another switch. But, you know, uh, they trained me. I realized that there's uh, consequences to your choices. And it helped me, this training, to respect authority. And it, it taught me politeness. It taught me you know, to uh, revere my elders, uh, things that made my life better as an adult. Yeah, certainly. And so along those lines, you know, I think about, um, you know, if we look at, at, again, current times, and we've talked about about that a lot on this uh, show, is, is, you know, what's going around us in the world. And you can't help but see that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of folks that don't have discipline. Um, right. And I, I have to think that that's uh, partly to blame to, 
uh, fatherless homes. I mean, I, I think I saw the statistic that roughly one in four uh, children in America are growing up in a, a fatherless home, whether that's um, an absent father who, who's just not around or that was a, uh, a child who was born into some type of, um, you know, uh, uh, unwed marriage or something like that. And so when that occurs, it definitely puts a ripple, uh, you know, into, into that child's life because fathers are important. You know, that's right. as much as our uh, society and media has tried to demoralize the role of uh, a masculine father in recent times, fatherhood is is very, very important. Just if you look at it from just the discipline aspect and, and, and the, the role model aspect that we talked about just now uh, is vitally important uh, for fathers to, to be there. Uh, in the home, and you know, uh, as the the fathers have exited the home, um, you know, so has uh, just the the overall uh, you know health of families, and then so has also the the health of society as a whole. And I think you made that point uh, this morning in in your message, you know, uh, that the way the family goes, uh, so goes society. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what we're seeing, you know, around us today. You know, I would, uh, as we're talking about Father's Day, you know, again, I'm blessed to have you as a father. You were blessed to have a great father. And and I don't think that we're too naive to sit here and say that, you know, everyone has that same uh, type of uh, a scenario where they can talk positively about their father. And I hurt for those that don't. Yeah. yeah I that's, do. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a real a sad situation, as we just talked about, the, the fatherless um, kind of nation that we're becoming right. in, in a degree. and. And so for many people, Father's Day and even just the term father, um, it brings up nothing but hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether it's from physical abuse or whether it's from uh, sexual abuse or whether it's just from absence, mm-hmm. uh, the, the pain from not being there um, mm-hmm. sometimes is, is just as great as those others. And, and so that's something that, that uh, as I was preparing for our podcast today and trying to, to work that out, I felt like we had to address it. You yeah. know? Um, it, it's great for us to sit here and talk about how we have great uh, fathers and we can talk about what it looks like to be a godly father. Um, but in reality, there's a lot of people out there that, that will never see that, um, right. unfortunately. And, and so that, there was a concept that, that came to my mind yesterday as I was thinking about this, and it was like solidified when I got into our Sunday school class this morning, uh, was the fatherhood of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we as Christians, we, we uh, refer to God as our father. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting that there are religions all across the world uh, that all worship various different uh, little G gods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty certain in this, and I'd be willing to, uh, to, for someone to challenge it, we're the only religion that looks at, us, at our God as our father. Mm-hmm. Um, nowhere else do you find that mm-hmm. uh, in any other uh, religions. And uh, there's a, the concept of adoption. Uh, mm-hmm. that occurs in the Bible, that basically uh, as we become uh, Christians and we uh, place our faith in, right. in Christ, we repent from our sins, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. and we receive His grace. Those are all yeah. three podcasts that we've done. Uh, we actually are adopted into a God's family. We become joint heirs with Christ. Yeah. And um, at that point, we have the privilege to call Him Father. And I think that's something that, um, you know, gets overlooked a lot of times. We we use it uh, very briefly. Um, I know I start my prayers with Dear Heavenly Father uh, a lot, um, but it's something that we need to take seriously, that, that there is this father uh, role that God has. And, and although, um, you know, many of us or, or many of our listeners may be out there and they have imperfect pictures of what a father is, mm-hmm. um, 
God is a perfect father. You That's know, right. It, it doesn't matter what you, what your jaded view of, of, of fatherhood looks like. Um, God is the perfect father. He's the perfect father. You know, I heard uh, someone who was speaking uh, this morning in our in our Sunday school lesson. Um, it was a video series, and and she said that uh, she came to to Christ just on the fact of she went to church and she heard a message on the fatherhood of God. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, she had been in a fatherless home and she was carrying around a ton of baggage uh, from from having just this void in her life. And it wasn't until she understood uh, that there is a God, the creator of this universe, um, is a intimate, loving, long-suffering God who mm-hmm. is longing for a relationship with her personally. Mm-hmm. And it was when she heard that that she really connected with the message of the gospel right. and it became real, real to her. Um, God is our Father. That's right. What, what do you say when you, you think about God as our Father, the, the fatherhood of, of God? Well, when I think about God being our Father, I think about Him being a good God. You know, there's even a song we sing in the church, You're a good, good Father. He is a good Father, and He He loves us as His children. And, you know, He does. He has provided us everything we need, and sometimes He throws in the things that we want. But he always meets our needs, and he's there for us when we're hurt and we're down. We can always run to him, and and he'll be there to accept us back. You know, I, I reminded the congregation today about the story of the prodigal son that Jesus told, that parable. And in that parable, there is the father who, you know, is a, a picture of God, God the Father, and then there's two sons, one son that is serving his father, and then another son that's rebellious. And he he asked his dad for his inheritance, which, you know, back during that time, if, to ask your dad for inheritance before your dad died, that was like a slap in the face. That was like saying, Dad, I wish you were dead, because typically you'd get your inheritance when your dad died. So he made the ultimate insult to his father. But his father loved him. He God's not going to make you serve him. And just like this father didn't make this son stay there and be obedient and, you know, work on the farm. He gave him his portion and, uh, you know, cut the story short. He went out and spent all that money and he got down to where he didn't have any money. And he had to take a job slopping hogs, which was a terrible thing for a Jewish young man because they didn't believe in in a eating a barbecue or, or being around hogs. They were unclean animals. And there he was with the dirt, the mire, the blood. And he was just sitting in that hog pen one day, hungry with his belly growling. And he got to thinking about his dad at home and how his dad's servants had it better than him. And so he thought, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go to my dad. And I'm just going to say, God, I'm going to say, Dad, let me just be your servant. And so he got up and started walking home. But there was that old dad that perhaps was standing there at the driveway every day looking down that old long dusty road to the foreign country where his son went and every day longing for his son to return many times he probably thought he saw him and it was just a mirage you know so hot during that time in the desert area and he wouldn't be a son but one day he started seeing a figure is this true? Is this is this a person? Is that my son? And then when he recognized it was his son, the Bible said he ran to him and threw his arms around him and hugged him, hugged him and embraced him. And he put a robe on him and he put shoes on his feet. Back during that time, shoes were only for people that were 
uh, were sons. The slaves didn't have shoes. And so he accepted him as a son. He put the ring of sonship on his finger. And, you know, that is such a perfect picture of our God. He accepts us who we are. He wraps his arms around us, and he loves us. And I, I hate it for the people that don't have a father that wraps her arms around them and shows love and tells them, I love you. But I want you to know that if that if you're distant from God and you don't have a relationship with him, you come to him and he will love you and he'll forgive all of your sins and he'll accept you into his family. Like you said, he'll adopt you into his family, you know. That, that, that is true, Dad. And, you know, as you were telling that story, um, that that's the story out of, out of Luke of, uh-huh. of the prodigal son. And um, I heard a story of, of kind of a, a modern-day version of, of a prodigal son, mm-hmm. and it happened many years ago, and a young man had, had kind of gone away, ran away from home, and uh, same scenario, had just made a just a, a ruin of his life. And uh, he was uh, basically down, he was broke, he was homeless, he was living on the streets, and um, uh, he had told his parents, you know, he wished, wished they were dead, and he never wanted to see them again. And uh, so basically, he had, he had burned that bridge. And, you know, one day he got to a point where uh, he was just so, uh, so far down and so, so depressed. And, and he said, you know what, I, I, I should try and contact my parents. And uh, this was the day when uh, telegraphs were still in. And so he went and he, he made a telegraph and he sent it to uh, his parents. And he said, you know, I, I'm going to be I'm going to get on a train and I'm going to come home. And and, uh, you know, I know that I don't deserve to come home and, and I don't, uh, you know, I, I would understand if you'd never wanted to see me again because I told you I never wanted to see you again. Yeah. Uh, but if you could just give me a sign and if you could tie just a, a, a little white ribbon out there on that uh, apple tree in the front yard and, and then that way when I'm on the train, if I see that ribbon, then I'll know it's okay for me to come home and I can jump off the train. And if it's not there, then I'll know that um, you don't want me to come home and I'll just keep on going to wherever that train goes for its next destination. And so this young man gets on the train and and he sits beside, uh, you know, an older gentleman and the older gentleman uh, being wise and have been around many years. He could tell that the young man was troubled mm-hmm. and uh, he started talking to the young man, trying to figure out what was wrong with him. And yeah. And so he told this uh, the older gentleman everything that had happened, all the things that uh, he had said to his parents and uh, and just how how uh, just mean and terrible he had been to them. Mm-hmm. And then how his life had just gone completely uh, just uh, to ruin mm-hmm. um, while he, he had been away. And he explained that he had sent the telegraph and everything. And uh, so the, the, the young man fell asleep and. As the train was going and as we started getting close to where uh, his his parents would live, that older gentleman woke the young boy up and said, uh, you know, we're getting close. We're getting close. You need to be watching to see yeah. to see what's going on. And that young man was filled with anxiety. He was filled with uh, with fear and just overcome with emotion. And and he, he told the, the the older gentleman, said, you know what, I, I just I can't look. I, I can't. I can't bear the thought to see it. Would you look yeah. out the window uh-huh. and would you uh, tell me if there is uh, a, a ribbon in that tree? And so um, the older gentleman kept looking out the window, looking out the window, and they began to come around a, a bend, a, a curve there on the train tracks. And, and there was that man's, or the young man's uh, family farm yeah. sitting there. And, and uh, the older gentleman was looking and, and he said, oh, my. <laughs> and and the, the young man said, I can't look. I can't look. And he said, son, you need to come look at this. 
And he said, I can't look. Just tell me, is, is there a ribbon? He said, no, son, you need to come look at this. And he came to the window and he looked out and to his amazement, there was a white ribbon tied in every oh, branch yeah. on that tree. And that was his signal uh, that he could come home. And so he jumped off of that train and there was his mom and his dad uh, sitting there under the tree there in the yard, uh, waiting for their son to come home. And and uh, that's the modern version of, of the that's prodigal right. son story. That's a good and, version. Yeah. and uh, you know, it, it is true that that story is such a great picture. We, we call it the story of the prodigal son, uh, but I really would rather call it the story of the amazing father. Yeah. Um, and, and because that's what it's about. It's really, yeah, the, the son did some terrible bad things, but uh, the the whole gist of the story for me is how amazing was that father. Right. And that father is a picture of Christ and and, uh, and and what God can do for us. And for those of you that are listening, if you have heard us talk about the fatherhood of God and you you say, well, you know what? I, I, need to, I need to learn more. I need to understand that more. How can I become a part of the family of God? I'd like to point you to John, uh, John chapter 14, and this is uh, verse uh, 6, and this is Jesus talking. So these words are in, in red. It says, Jesus said to, to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Father, mm-hmm. except through me. And so right. if you want to find yourself in uh, the, the Father's house, if you want yeah. to find what it's like to have a good, a patient, an intimate, loving, long-suffering Father, the way that you get there is through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And putting your faith in Him, repenting uh, for your sins, and then receiving the grace, as we've talked about getting right. those first three uh, podcasts, that's the recipe uh, to get you into God's family. And then at that point, you you not only are a child of God, but you become my brother or my sister, and you're in our family, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we would just like to encourage you today, if if this uh, message is speaking to you, uh, please call out uh, to, to God now and ask Him to uh, to save you and forgive mm-hmm. you uh, for, for what you've done in your life. And uh, we just want to be the first to welcome you into the family of God. You can send us an email at bonefireministries at, at gmail.com um, and just tell us that you made that decision. Again, we're not going to do anything with your information other than just celebrate and pray for you. That's right. And if you need any help and getting some resources to get you set on the uh, the new road of the way your life's going, uh, we will do whatever we can, uh, whatever possible, to make sure that we get you what you need to get you set on the right road. Well, Dad, that went fast. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, a great a great day. Father's Day is always a fun day. Again, thank you for being a great father to me. Yeah, and right. uh, thank you for the example that you set for me. And um, again, I uh, want to thank uh, our grandfather, your father, yeah. for what the, the great legacy that he left for us uh, that we're still following in. And uh, we wish, again, all of our fathers out there, happy Father's Day. And uh, we, we hope that this is uh, helpful to you. And Dad, if you wouldn't mind, pray us out of here. I will. Our Heavenly Father. We thank you that we can call you Father. And Lord, we think of the fact that there are many people out there, Lord, they don't have a good image of an earthly father, but Lord, they can come to know you and experience you for the Father that you are. Someone that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Someone that said, I will be with you always. You are a Father we can count on, uh, Lord. You're a Father that loves us. You're a Father that provides for us, and you have made every provision necessary for us to be forgiven of our sins through Jesus Christ, your Son, through accepting his death on the cross uh, for our sins. 
and by receiving him as Lord. You've made every provision for us to go to heaven. And Lord, everything that you have, Lord, since we are adopted into your family, when we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior, is available to us. Oh, God, we thank you for that so much. Lord, uh, Matt and I want to pray today for those that are hurt in their relationship with their father, that, Lord, you'd show them that they can find a father in you. And, Lord, I pray that they'll come to know you as Lord and Savior and serve you each and every day. And, Lord, we just thank you, God, for all that you do for us. We ask today that you just bless this podcast and help it to get out to help people today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.